Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Ask him, what's your next step? What's your next step? At Freedom Church, that's our mission. That's our heart is to help people take their next step in their relationship with Jesus together. Quite honestly, I feel like that's about all, all we can control in life sometimes. It seems like, is this, what's my next step? Can I just do that? I want, often I want to know what's, what's going to happen in 2020, but I don't know. I know what I can do today and what God's calling me to do today. And we want to pe- help people take their next steps. My, my goal, my vision, my hope for you in 2020 is that it's the, it's the best year of your life. That it is the year that you grow um, more closer to Jesus than you ever have in your life. And how do you get closer to Jesus than just taking whatever next step of faith that He's asked you to take? So I want for Freedom Church, as we've been taking steps for the past two years, like we said, we're going to celebrate our birthday, second birthday, next week, next Sunday. We've just been taking next steps. Doing what we can do with what God's given us. Doing our best and God's been doing amazing things in us and through us. And that's what I want for you, for you, for everyone who steps in our doors. That's why I'm excited to start a series today called Love Los Alamos. Because that's, that's been our mantra. We're taking next steps. Why? Because we want to love our city. God loves Los Alamos. And so before we jump into today's sermon, I just want to prep you next week. We're going to talk about um, why go to church. And, and next week, I really want you to come back next week. I want you to go to church next week. I feel like it could be one of the most important messages that I preach all year long. I really wanted to preach it today, but I was, I was like, no, I want to preach it on our birthday. And I want to explain um, why. Give us the why behind the what. I think it's going to open our eyes because this isn't like, oh, I want big numbers or I need your attendance this year. There's something bigger, more spiritual going on behind the scenes that I want to open your eyes to. Because if, if you're like me, I, I, I kind of like, hey, I have my online pastors that I like, that I listen to. Like, they're way, way better. They, they speak to me way more than when I go to church. In fact, when I go to church or, or be a part of a church, it seems to bring more drama than I want. So it's easy. why can't I just watch online? So I just, I want to talk about next week. I want to give you why. Like, if you're going to make the effort to come, you ought to know why. And so I'm really excited about next week. I want to encourage you to come. We're going to celebrate, but it's going to open our eyes. And then in the, the second week of our series, the last week of January, I'm going to kick you out of church. I want you to go to church, and then I'm going to kick you out because you'll often hear me say, hey, I don't want you to come to church. I want you to go be the church. Like when we leave here, go be the church. So there's reason to come and, and collectively be here. But we also have a bigger mission to love Los Alamos and go be the church in a couple weeks. Today I want to talk about just taking next steps. Because if we're going to love Los Alamos, Los Alamos needs a healthy you. If we're we're going to reach this community, Los Alamos needs you to be taking next steps in your relationship with Jesus. It starts there. It starts with you and your relationship with Jesus if we're going to go love Los Alamos. Love Los Alamos is not a mic break thing. I stole it. I stole it uh, from, from Jesus. 
I stole it from John, one of his disciples. As, as John is, is penning this letter in the first century, you know, we read it and we're like, I'm reading the book of John. John didn't know he was writing the book of John. He didn't know he was writing the Bible. He's, he's writing as a guy who said, hey, this, this guy named Jesus, I literally thought he was the Messiah, the, the Savior of the world. And I saw him do things. I, I heard him say things. I was actually at the cross and I witnessed him die. I could see the gore. I could smell it. And then he died. And all my hope was gone. This is John as he's living this life. And then this guy who he put all his hope and trust in who was dead... A few days later, he was having breakfast with him on the beach. He saw a resurrected Savior, and he said, Hey, I have to tell my story. You have to know what I saw. So when we're reading John, you know, we, we read, Oh, I'm reading the book of the Bible. You're reading from a guy who was an eyewitness, saying, This is what I saw and what I heard. In the midst of other eyewitnesses who could have easily refuted and say, No, John, that was not the case. And this changed the world. Because John's writing, John 3, 16, of course he didn't have chapters and verses, but he's like, for God so loved the world. Yeah, but I think, I think it should be Jews, right? Where the, the, the Israel was the chosen, anointed one. But this guy, Jesus, who I was with, it, it, doesn't, it seemed to go beyond the, Jew, the Jews. It seemed to be everyone. The, for God so loved the world. That was revolutionary. Christianity, this idea of love the world, God is love, which John also wrote that in 1 John. He was writing another letter. He said, I think God is love. So this idea that God is love, this idea that, that God loves Los Alamos, that we want to go, it's, it was uniquely Christian. Like, it, it was based and founded in Jesus. It started there. And it continues on today. It changed the world once. And I believe that it can change it again. Now, how many of you are New Year's resolutions people? Like two of us, so great. I, I've, I've, I've done it before. Um, I didn't do it last year. Well, I make a resolution every year to floss, and it never works. Um, and so my dentist will get on for me that in, in May. But a couple years ago, I was not doing any sort of workout exercise. So I'm like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out. I'm going to start getting, getting fit. And um, I had a friend. His name was Chris. Chris was fit. In fact, Chris said he had his own gym in his garage. He said, hey, why don't you come over to my place? And early in the mornings, I got my own gym, and we can start working out together uh, to start the new year. Great. I go to Chris's house. I get a little bit intimidated when I step into a garage because Chris doesn't do CrossFit. He, he has a, a plaque on his wall. with all his, It says CrisFit. <laughs> We're doing CrisFit exercises. So I'm like, okay, all right. I, I, Chris is fit. So, hey, he's, he's strong buff dude. I'll just do whatever CrisFit says. So CrisFit says, Mike, do some squats. So I'm going um, squat. He's like, do some more squats. And, you know, so I'm doing squats. And then, and then Chris Fitt says, hey, Mike, start doing some lunges. So I'm, I'm doing my lunges and my exercises. And I'm starting to think, you know, Chris, we're bros, right? 
Like, aren't we supposed to do upper body? Like, what's all this lower body stuff, right? And he's like, hey, do some more squats. Okay, Chris is, he's fit, he's Chris fit, so I'm going to do more squats. He says, hey, go do some more lunges. So I'm doing more lunges. Quit my question. And then I start, getting, I start getting tired. And then he says, do some more squats. About the fourth round of doing squats, I start seeing spots. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a mic drop here. Like, mic's literally going to drop <laughs> to the floor here. And it wasn't too long before Chris is actually, Chris Fit is standing over me with a glass of juice and a cookie because I'm, at, I'm like, I'm, I'm gone. And he's like, here, let me help you out a little bit. The, the truth is, the truth is, I like the idea. I like the concept of getting fit and exercises. But the reality, it sucks. <laughs> it's hard. It's messy. It's, you know, I wish I could do some squats and some sit-ups and then you just start seeing abs pop out left and right and you're, you're good to go. No. My, my kids, they like the concept of getting a new puppy. Oh, I want a new puppy. Let's get a new puppy. They don't like the reality. Mom and dad don't like the reality of what comes with getting a new puppy. Love Los Alamos. Listen, it is the mantra of our church, but can I tell you something? When... For God so loved the world. We, we like the concept of a loving God. We like the concept of, hey, let's be a church that loves Los Alamos. Let's not play games. Like if we're going to come, let's be a church that's not playing games. Let's go in love. But the reality of love Los Alamos is you got to roll up your sleeves. The reality of if we're going to go love our community, if we're going to go reach this, is we're going to have to sacrifice. It's messy. Jesus' mission to love the world ended up on a cross, brutally executed. But he was not going to sacrifice the mission for comfort. And so a lot of us, we may like the idea, but in a way, I'm kind of like, I want to I try to, I'm not trying to trick you. Just letting you know, 2020 is going to be, it might be, it's already been a mess. We're a week in and this year's gone crazy. It's an election year. Uh, and, and, you know, there's still going to be death. There's still going to be disease. We're going to have uncertainty and failure. Like, I don't want to, like, think love Los Alamos is some ooey-gooey feeling. It is hard work. And there's nothing our city, there's nothing our state, there's nothing our nation and world needs more than, than people who have differences in beliefs, but we can unite together and be united to say, hey, we may not agree on a whole lot of things, but we can agree on this guy, Jesus, and he was about loving. What does love require me to do in this situation? And a church that's united around that, a church that can get around and rally around that, that's the sort of church that will not only change Los Alamos, that will not only change the lab, but you know, you know with the, the, the way this town, so small, but is uniquely situated on our planet, that we have people from all over the world coming here, it can change the world. I'm just crazy enough to believe it. And the idea did not come from me. It came from Jesus. He said, you're going to go share this love in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Go, go, go. We got we to gotta put on the jersey. Now, I don't know, who, who's, my, who's my Cowboy fans in the house? Anyone want to admit, admit? Who's my Broncos fans? Okay, all right. We know at the end of the season, 
at the end of any season, um, they're going to start signing contracts, right? They're gonna, there's players who the contracts are up, and they're going to be free agents, and they can sign with another team. Now, these guys, we knew, we knew their season was over before it even started, but that's another story for another time. I'm a Chiefs fan, okay, so I'm a little bit excited. But, um, you know, they're going to start like Dak Prescott here. He's... Uh, He's going to be due for some major, major bucks and major contracts com coming up here. So they're starting to look and see who can build our team and make us better for next year. Now, when a player signs, I don't care what sport it is, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, it doesn't matter. When a player signs with one of these major contracts, they're not signing because they're like, oh, the coach of the team is so awesome. Or, or the, the, the philosophy of this team. I just love it. Or the, the players. Oh, man, I just want to sign to be with the players. No, what are they signing for? Money. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with, with money. It's just they, that's, what, that's what they want to do. Now, if I were to ask you in 2020, I need you to do me a favor. I want you to take, I want to take, you, you, you take your pick of jersey, but I want you to take your, this jersey and I want you to wear it uh, two to three times per week. And each time you wear it out in public, two to three times per week, I want you to wear it three to four times, or, or for about three to four hours. Go wear this jersey in public two to three times per week, three to four hours. Who's up for that? You want to go wear these jerseys? You're kind of looking at me weird. Like, no, I'm not going to wear a jersey. What if I were to tell you that about after ever, you wear it for... Uh, two to three times per week for three to four hours. After about three weeks, I'm going to put about $2 million into your bank account. Anybody want to wear the jersey now? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, some people are like, oh, I don't need money to make me happy. Well, I'd like to try, right? Uh, <laughs> the, the point is, the team was willing to make an investment in the player. And because of the investment that the team was willing to make, hey, guess what? I'm willing to put on the jersey. Well, Jesus made the investment in humanity to say, hey, I'm going, I'm going to give my life for a relationship with you. I'll pay the bill. I'll pay the investment, which makes any millions of dollars seem minuscule when you have the creator of the world saying, I've invested in you and I want a relationship with you. And so, when, to put on the jersey, to go and love Los Alamos, to take our next step is to put on the jersey. To say, I'll, I'll put it on. Whatever you ask me to do, Jesus, you paid the price. You made the investment. Well, the first step that he asks any Christian, Christian to take, one of, the, one of the first steps that he asks us to take is to get baptized. He says, hey, you, when you get baptized, you're putting on the jersey of Team Jesus and saying, hey, I'm going to go try to live this thing out for the, for the rest of my life as best as I can. I want to look today, if you have your Bibles, turn it to Matthew chapter 3. I want to look at baptism today, and it's going to be a message about baptism, but not really. It's really about taking next steps. This was Jesus' first step into ministry. We, we see in Matthew chapter 1 and 2 the birth narrative, and then he kind of goes silent. And then we see him step onto the scene in Matthew chapter 3. And I want to pick up the story there where, where he starts taking some next steps. It says in verse 13, it says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Now John is Jesus' cousin. John has a ministry going. He's a, he's 
um, a prophet, a minister. He's preaching, and a lot of people are attracted to John, and John's been baptizing people. And in a way, I'm not going to get into it today, but he was, the, the Old Testament said, hey, before the Messiah comes, there's going to be a prophet. John was that prophet. So Jesus is, is going to meet his cousin John here to get baptized. Now, I guarantee you, you do not have this verse in the Bible underlined or highlighted. We're not first century Jews. This wouldn't make too much sense to us. It says, he went from Galilee to the Jordan River. Now, if I were to ask you after church today, the question that we all ask one another, which is, what are we going to do for lunch? And we were saying, hey, let's, let's go to lunch together. And we know Los Alamos, right? Uh, beyond McDonald's or Sonic or Subway, there's not a whole lot of options in town. So if I were to say, you know what, let's go, let's go uh, Gabriel's. Gabriel's sounds good. Tableside guac is good. Which, by the way, if you ever go to Gabriel's, get the ribs. I know, like, it's New Mexican restaurant, but I'm not going to steer you wrong. They have some of the best ribs in the state. Okay, it's just this little side point. Try the ribs. Anybody try the ribs at Okay, all right, yes, yes, okay, good, they're, they're amazing. Anyway, um, let's go to Gabriel's. But instead of driving, let's walk. Let's walk to Gabriel's. I looked it up on Google Maps, it's about 21 miles. Take us about eight, nine hours to walk there. You'd be like, mm, no. Galilee to the Jordan River is about 60 miles. There's a Sea of Galilee right there in the area of Galilee. If Jesus wanted to, to get baptized, there's a whole sea right there. Could have got it done right there. No. He's going to go 60 miles, and he's going to walk. I think at the very least, Jesus is saying this baptism thing, big deal. This is a serious deal, and I want to get it done. I'm going to make this journey. I'm going to take these steps, and I'm going to make this trek because I want to get baptized here by John. I want to verify his ministry and say he's the one that was prophesied about in the Old Testament, and I'm going to take my next steps and get this thing done. And so he goes and he meets with John. But John says, John tried to talk him out of it. John says, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? Now, John, he, he, he knew. If you read about John and some of the other uh, gospel accounts, he's like, no, he's, he's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. Not me. I, you need, I can't even tie your shoes, Jesus. Like, I don't need to be baptizing you. You're going to face some opposition in 2020. You're going to take some next steps of faith. You better expect some opposition to come your way. That's the reality. And the, the reality is we don't like opposition, but it's a test. God wants to know, can I trust you? You're here today, you're like, yes, I want to love Los Alamos. Yes, I want to take my next steps. Yes, I want to get baptized, or yes, I want to join a group, or yes, I want, just whatever you tell me to do, Jesus, I'll go do it. Guess what? When you walk out of here, he's going to test you. Not because he hates you, but he wants to see, can I trust you? Are you going to be faithful in this journey? It's, it's weird when you would expect the enemy to come after you. You would expect the enemy to be opposing you, and he does, and he will. It's different when it comes from your family. It's your cousin. It's different when it comes from your spouse. Hey, what you're starting to follow... Jesus, and now you're, you're changing. I, I want you to be the old you. I didn't marry this person. 
And now you're going to go start doing this Jesus thing and living this thing out. Like, I don't know if I'm quite ready for that. It's different when it comes from your own family. It's different when you have the opposition of, I don't want to forgive that person. The opposition in your head that wants to just go to war and say, maybe I'm not good enough for these things. The greatest test to taking your next step, the greatest test to loving Los Alamos will be in facing your opposition. You will face opposition. And I get it. Oh, what are people going to think? What's this person going to say? If I, if I invite them to church, are they, are they going to think I'm weird? Are they, if, I, if I go and I, I, I do this thing or I serve, what are, what are people going to do? I'm not guaranteed success. This is uncomfortable. It's messy. And that's the nature of love, Los Alamos. Taking your next step of faith. You want to know what the reward is for taking your next step of faith? The reward is getting hit with another next step. If you read on, Jesus gets baptized. We're just going to read this account. But then right after that, literally right after that, it says, then the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Thanks, God. The reward for you facing your opposition is more opposition. You're going to get another challenge. But God wants to see, can I trust you? I have a big mission through you, for you, for other people. But I need someone who's not going to shrink back in the face of, I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know. I'm going to be, I don't know if I'm going to be successful. Just take the next step and trust him with whatever's next. And then you'll take that one. And then you'll take that one. And that's been our mission. We're so scared of what might be that we never tackle what's in front of us right here. John says, I don't know. I'm going to try to talk you out of it. Watch what Jesus says. He said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Now, I read a lot out of the NLT translation. It kind of misses one word that I like in some of your translations that it might point it out. In the NIV, it said, it should be done so now. Say that with me. It should be done so now. The best time to take your next step of faith is right now, is now. God's calling you to do something not five years from now, not ten years from now. He has something for you today. He's ordered your steps for today. The best time to take your next step is now. Now, I got a problem. I already mentioned with flossing. Procrastinate. I struggle with procrastination. Where's my procrastinators in the room? Come on now. All right, we just went Pentecostal in the room. Um, I got a car that needs to be clean for like the past seven or eight years. My wife can vouch for this. I got passports that need to be renewed this year. I'm going to wait till the very last day, probably when it's too late, that I'm going to procrastinate on some of these things. And the Christianese way to get around this, you want to know how you get around this in, in the Christian world? I'll pray about it. Oh, God, you want me to do this? Or, yeah, oh, I think you're leading this way. You know what? I'm going to pray about it. Now, we are a praying church. It's one of our core values. Pray first. But there is something when you see in Scripture 
that, that prayer is like a, a, a way to say, I'm not going to operate out of the flesh. I'm going to start operating out of the Spirit. i got to know, can I trust you? Because you're going to get led into the wilderness. You're going to get tempted to walk away. You're going to get tempted to give up on your purpose. You're going to be scared. I need you operating out of the Spirit. Because sometimes Spirit just don't make sense sometimes. And if you just go by and operate by flesh, you're going to give up way too soon. And so I want a church that prays, but we roll up our sleeves and we're active. And, and, and sometimes, here, here's how God answers a lot of prayers. Because we want God to just answer the prayer. Just do it, God. Love Los Alamos, God. Just go do it. Just go change Los Alamos, God. You go do it. No. He's going to give you the ingredients. It's like, I'm going to put all the ingredients at your disposal so you can go and be the answer to your prayer. I want you to go and do things. And that's what you see all throughout Scripture. You see people praying, but you see people getting to work. And they're using what God has given them, their gifts, to go and bless other people. He's going to give you the ingredients to do it. But you've got to know that you've got to go and take some of those next steps. Now, I love in talking about baptism, when these first disciples, they, they, they were scared at first. They were behind locked doors. They were thinking, hey, they just crucified Jesus. Now we're up next. But then, but then about 40 days later, they saw their resurrected Savior. And this whole band of people, man, they were, they were wild about Jesus. They weren't scared anymore. They started loving on people. They started talking about Jesus. In fact, many of them gave up their lives. I'll give up my life to tell this story about Jesus. So Peter preaches this message. Thousands of people get saved. Jesus' best friend, Peter, who had recently denied him, said, I don't even know the guy. I don't even know. I don't want to be around him. Now he's preaching about him. The same guys who killed Jesus, Jesus, Peter is now preaching to these guys. It says Peter's words pierce their hearts. Sometimes you ever hear a message when the pastor's preaching and it's just like, dude, were you spying on my house? Are you, are you listening in on my conversation, Siri? Like, what's going on? Because that, it's just like you're talking to me. I know there's people in the room, but you're stepping all over my toes. It pierced their hearts. When that happens, that's God. He's speaking to your soul. He's telling you He wants you to take a next step. And so it said, they said to Him and the other apostles, what should we do? Translation, what's our next step? I heard something. I feel like I need to do something now. Well, tell me what to do. Peter said, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the, in, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Now that word repent, we get it confused in Christianity a lot. We, we think the word repent means stop sinning, you sinners! Stop! Repent! It's like trying to say, don't think of a pink elephant. Boom! You got you. You're thinking of one. How's that working for you? Stop sinning! I took my family to Legoland over, uh, over Christmas break. I've never heard so much cussing standing in the long line, standing for 70 minutes uh, in, in the long lines trying to ride a ride at Legoland. And that's, that's just what my wife said about me standing in the lines, you know? Like, it was, it was bad. Like, how's that working? The translation of repent means to change your mind. It's a process. Hey, you're going in this direction. Turn. Let's change our mind about that. Let's, let's work through that. Change. And, and 
and get baptized. Not you got to read the whole Bible. If you just read that one, and, and you can believe different things about baptism. I'm not going to fight about this. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but read the whole Bible. You're not getting, it doesn't save you. It's a symbol. It's a picture. I want to show you a verse in a, in a minute about that. It's an outward expression of what's going on. Hey, because you're forgiven of your sins, get baptized. That's your next step. When Jesus took this next step with John, John tried to say, no, don't do it. Jesus says, no, i got to do this now. It's a big deal. We're going to do this now, John. And he gets baptized. It says, after his baptism. And Jesus came up out of the water. Which again, when we do baptisms here, we dunk. The word baptism in the Greek literally means to dunk, to immerse, to overwhelm. Other people, if you got sprinkled, again, I'm not arguing. It's fine, whatever. I just explain why we do what we do. And, and Jesus came up out of the water, which would again kind of give that picture that he was under the water. The heavens were opened got to think that's a, an epic moment right there. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and it settling on him. And a voice from heaven, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. A breakthrough moment. A breakthrough moment where heaven opens up in the middle of all of this. Breakthrough often comes after follow through. I know I, I want breakthrough now. I don't always want follow-through. I don't want to always take that next step, but breakthrough often comes after follow-through. We've got an epidemic in our society, in our churches, in our lives, called spiritual anxiety. Do I really do enough? Does God really like me? grew up in the church, I thought God hated me. I mean, it's just always like, I'm, I'm messed up. I can't do enough. Wondering, can God really use me? I mean, I tried to do this, this Bible in a year plan, and we're not even two weeks in, and I've already jacked that up. Some of you are like, hey, talk about writing the Bible in a year. How about just even picking up a Bible in the past year? Like, God wants to use me. I don't, my, my, this is a pretty big ceiling. I don't even think my prayers will make it up past this ceiling. Like, God wants nothing to do with me. And we wrestle. I'm going to walk off of this stage. A lot of times I walk off even as the pastor and saying, you're not worthy. You're no good. You're going to hear all of these attacks in your brain. Let me ask you a question. Up until this point, up until this point, what had Jesus done in his ministry to accomplish his mission? We're only in chapter 3. He hadn't done nothing. He hadn't taught anything. He hadn't healed anybody. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. He certainly hasn't raised from the dead yet. He hadn't done anything. And this is what, this is what some of you, just, you came to church today to hear this. God says, this is my dearly loved son in who I'm well pleased. God loves his children. God loves you. You need to hear, 
You are God's dearly loved child, and He is well pleased in you. You can take your next step of faith. Not because of how good you are, you know, you know yourself, but because of how good this God is. I'll say one other thing. For those of you as parents, what did your kids do? What did your kids do to earn your love for them? Not a thing. You just loved them. How much more does your heavenly Father, as imperfect as we are, how much more does your heavenly Father love his kids? God loves you. So what, what's your next step? What next step is God calling you to take? Because it has an impact beyond you. It has, a, has an impact on Los Alamos. And you know if it has an impact on Los Alamos, it has an impact on the world. This is scary. This thought, this idea is scary. Only if you think God's bad. If you think He's out to get you. But we serve a good Father. And He's going to ask you to take some difficult, messy steps. But I didn't say I wanted you, I wanted you to have the best year in 2020. I didn't say I want you to have the easiest year. Following Jesus is not always easy. Going to the cross was not always easy. Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, take up your cross and follow me. He didn't promise easy. But he says, for anyone who loses their life for my sake, you'll find it. Following Jesus isn't always easy. It's always better. You'll find life and you'll find freedom when you take your next step. It says in Romans chapter 6, For we died and were buried with Christ in baptism. That's where I get the idea that it's a picture, it's a symbol. I didn't die. Still alive. But it says you died and were buried with Christ in baptism. It's a picture of coming from the death, going under the water. Death, being washed by the water, coming up out of the water, being raised to new life. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives. Because of how good Jesus is. Because of how good God is. Because there's an empty tomb. Nothing is impossible. That's why you can take your next step of faith. I'm scared. It's uncertain. I don't know what's going to happen. Can I do this? Am I good enough? Yes, you can. Not because of how good you are, because how good Christ is in you. Nothing is impossible. When you take your next step of faith, I want a church, Freedom Church. I want a church that doesn't just go to church, that we go be the church. This isn't a game to play. I want you to come. I want you to check it out. I want you to get plugged in. What I've been telling people, give it a year. I know that seems like a lot. Can I give it a year? But I'm telling you, for those in the two years that we've been here, for those who have given it a year, who have plugged in, say, hey, I'm going to get plugged in in a connect group. I'm going to, I'm going to try to find community. That's hard. It's risky. It takes time to be open and vulnerable and share your life. But those who have gotten plugged in in a group, those who, hey, when we're here in town in Los Alamos, we're going to make the effort to be here because God's presence is here. We're going to serve when we can. And I'm not saying you've got to go and do it every single week. I realize we've got tournaments and things that are going on. But at the same time, I'm going to make the effort. I'm going to plug in. I'm going to take my next step. I'm going to be all in. For the people who have done that, they've seen God. 
God's been doing something amazing in them and through them. That's what I want for you. Because God has something big for each and every single one of us. You may not believe it. You may not feel it. But it doesn't change the fact that God loves Los Alamos. That God loves you. And he wants you to go change the world. This idea, this idea, now wrap it up. This idea is not mine. It's God's. It is the mission of his church, of his children. It changed the world once in the first century. I believe it can change it again. So with that, can we pray? Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.